This week's edition of the Detroit Bureau's Headlight News is brought to you by Toyota. As the leader in electrification, we're bringing an all-electric way of thinking to help propel us toward a more sustainable future with the all-new, all-electric BZ4X. Fit for a multifaceted lifestyle, it offers originality that stands out in an urban cityscape, coupled with SUV-like power to take on the adventurous outdoors. Visit toyota.com electrified for more information. This is TheDetroitBureau.com's Headlight News. I'm Paul Eisenstein. Welcome. It was a busy week in the automotive world, and here are some of the big stories we've been covering at TheDetroitBureau.com. After rising sharply in recent years, U.S. motor vehicle fatalities dropped 2% in 2022 compared to the year before. That's according to preliminary figures from the National Center for Health Statistics. But the total, at more than 46,000, is still up 9% from 2020. Gas prices are down, at least for now. At a nationwide average of $3.36 a gallon, AAA finds a typical motorist paying about 7% less than at this time last year for self-service regular. Gas prices surged to $3.95 a gallon last summer, and it remains to be seen if we'll see a big jump again this year. That's $0.09 cents more than in California. At $2.91 a gallon, gas is cheapest in Texas. Further setbacks for VinFast. The Vietnamese startup has lost three senior sales executives over the past week. That's on top of the executives who've left the company since late last year, including its CFO. VinFast has also pushed back till 2026 the opening of its U.S. assembly plant and delayed its IPO. On the plus side, it's now delivered its first VF8 battery electric SUVs to U.S. consumers. Mazda has a new global president and CEO. Masahiro Moro has been with the Japanese automaker for 40 years, during which he spent time running Mazda's North American operations. At a news conference, Moro said he sees the company's U.S. sales growing rapidly as it launches new products like the CX-90 crossover. Among other things, Moro will have to steer Mazda's bladed entry into the battery electric vehicle market. Though EV sales are growing fast, many owners are frustrated by the charging process, especially home charging, according to J.D. Power. Two-thirds of EV owners have installed permanent home chargers, but the new EV Experience home charging study finds satisfaction fell 30 points compared to last year on a 1 to 1,000 point scale. One reason? The cost of charging. Power researchers found a majority of EV owners don't realize they can save money by charging at off-peak times. Those who do are more satisfied with the charging experience. Finally, CEO Mary Barra wants to put an AI chatbot in GM vehicles. Artificial intelligence technology is now being used in a variety of ways, including the Bing search engine. Barra wants to provide motorists with an in-car voice she says will be clear enough to ask questions and get answers. That could make it easier to navigate to a point of interest or find out why that check engine light has come on. She didn't say when GM might begin offering the chatbot technology. And those are the stories making headlines on TheDetroitBureau.com. Now for the week's top story, here's Jeff Sershmead. Thanks, Paul. In our top story for the week, the National Safety Council reported that more than 46,200 people died on U.S. roadways in 2022. That number represents a 2% decline compared with 2021, even as Americans have been driving more miles. Despite the improvement, the NSC is quick to point out that the numbers are up significantly since 2020, when just 42,339 deaths occurred. That 2022 number is a 9.2% increase. The aggregate death rate is also up 21.7% from the pre-COVID numbers in 2019. 
A report from AAA found that several unsafe driving behaviors have been on the rise for the past several years, including speeding, running red lights, drowsy driving, and driving while impaired. The slight decline for 2022 is the result of several states making improvements, in part due to a variety of grants and other programs aimed at improving road safety. Arizona, Idaho, Minnesota, Montana, Oklahoma, Rhode Island, South Dakota, West Virginia, and the District of Columbia all saw fatalities drop by 10% or more. Conversely, Alaska, Connecticut, Delaware, Hawaii, Indiana, Maine, Nebraska, New Hampshire, Washington, and Wyoming all suffered substantially increased fatalities in 2022. Up to $5 billion has been provided in the bipartisan infrastructure law to improve highway safety, and about $800 million have been allocated to projects so far. That's our top story. Now, on to our review. This week, we've been driving the 2023 Cadillac Escalade V-Series. In the world of full-size SUVs, the Cadillac Escalade has a special place. It's the Roman Emperor of Luxury. This truck is big, powerful, and more than a bit decadent. That's particularly true of the V-Series, which sports Cadillac's most powerful 6.2-liter supercharged V8 engine. With 682 horsepower and 653 pound-feet of torque, the 6,217 pound Escalade will rocket to 60 miles per hour in under 4.4 seconds. The Escalade V also comes with magnetic ride control, air ride suspension, and huge Brembo brakes. This Cadillac is not just a luxury SUV, it's a true hot rod. A luxury SUV tends to be judged on its interior, and Cadillac oriented the Escalade V toward a younger, more sport-conscious buyer. You'll get the fine leather seats with heat, ventilation, and massage function, and the polished zebra wood trim you expect, but this is not your grandfather's Escalade. The single-piece glass infotainment and driver information display stretches across the dashboard for 38 inches, including 16.8 inches of infotainment screen. There's even an optional refrigerator you can get installed in the console, and you can turn it into a freezer with a touch of a button. From the outside, the Escalade V looks imposing. Gone is the chrome bling you expect on an Escalade, replaced with a blackout look and big 22-inch wheels. The V-Series doesn't have to show off, at least not until you fire it up and hear that crackling exhaust note. On the road, you can't escape the size and weight of the Escalade, but it corners flat, and with this new engine, it's fast in any gear. It's also delightfully quiet inside, until you step on the gas. Buying the Escalade V is easy. The options are pretty much already baked in, but you can add GM's Super Cruise driver assistance package if you want it. Oh, the refrigerator freezer is also optional. Uh, other than that, it's pretty much a package deal. If this sounds like the Escalade of your dreams, be prepared to scratch out a check for $154,765, because that's the ticket price. Mortgage the house, sell the dog, do whatever you need to do. This one will not be getting any discounts anytime soon. Now here's Mike Strong with a look at the week ahead. Thanks, Jeff. This week, appropriately enough, is going to be all about the cars. The Detroit Bureau has been all over the country in recent weeks, driving some of the most compelling new vehicles coming to a showroom near you. And this week, we get to tell you about a bunch of them, starting with the long-awaited Nissan Aria. Nissan's new all-electric crossover has been in the public eye for a while now, but getting them off the production line has been more problematic. 
However, we spent plenty of time putting it through its paces and will tell you just how much we enjoyed it on Monday. From there, we'll move on to the latest version of the Dodge Demon. Who doesn't need more than 800 horsepower these days, right? Well, on Monday at 9pm, we'll be able to tell you all about exactly how many ponies the new versions will put out and more. We'll follow that up with the latest battery electric offering from Genesis, the Electrified GV70. The new crossover follows the Electrified GV80 sedan and the GV60, which was designed to be an EV from the ground up. News and reviews of the Electrified crossover will be available from the Detroit Bureau on Tuesday at 9am. After that, we'll have two reviews of the new Dodge Hornet on Wednesday at 11am. We spent time in both the GT and RT versions and we'll have Editor-in-Chief Paul Eisenstein talk about the plug-in hybrid RT and Assistant Managing Editor Larry Prince offer his insights on the GT model. Finally, it appears even more change is coming to the UAW. The runoff election is nearly complete and upstart Sean Fain looks like he's going to supplant incumbent Ray Curry, although the winner likely won't be declared until later in the week. Those are just some of the stories we're tracking. Now let's travel through automotive history with the aforementioned Larry Prince. Larry? Thanks, Mike. Time to take a road trip back into the self-propelled past with this week in automotive history. This week in 1949, the first production Porsche, the 356, debuts at the 19th International Automobile Show in Geneva, Switzerland. Basically a sports car based on the Volkswagen Beetle that Porsche designed for Adolf Hitler, the 1.1-liter engine develops 35 horsepower. However, the Porsche only weighs 1,290 pounds, allowing for a top speed of 84 miles per hour. In 1957, Ford introduces the Skyliner, its first hard-top retractable convertible. The Skyliner uses hundreds of feet of wire and many limit switches, small motors, and screw lock mechanisms. Sales never meet expectations as the system proves less than reliable. Despite a commercial for the car by Lucio Ball and Desi Arnaz, the Skyliner is dropped for 1960, but its system is adapted for use in the 1961 Lincoln Continental Convertible, where it proves to be just as unreliable. In 1969, Walt Disney Productions releases The Love Bug, starring Dean Jones and Buddy Hackett. The film concerns a down-and-out race car driver, Jim Douglas, who acquires a Volkswagen Beetle that's almost human. While the car helps Jim win races, it eventually runs away when it feels unappreciated. Filmed at a cost of $5.1 million, The Love Bug grosses $51.2 million, leading to a sequel, Herbie Rides Again. And in 1980, Ford Motor Company announces that Philip Caldwell will succeed Henry Ford as chairman. It will be the first time a family member is not running the company. The Ford family would not hold the chairman seat again until the appointment of William Clay Ford Jr. in 1999. And that's the road we've traveled this week in automotive history. For TheDetroitBureau.com, I'm Larry Prince. Thanks, Larry, and that's it for now. You've been listening to TheDetroitBureau.com's Headlight News. I'm Paul Eisenstein.